Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Fightful.com, it is October 6, 2019. We are here for your Hell in a Cell coverage. we got plenty of it. We've also got uh, WWE SmackDown on Fox coverage from last Friday, Raw premiere, all that stuff. We're gearing up for the draft, and I am joined by uh, a pertinent name as it, as it comes to the draft, Alex Pawlowski, after the draft. Uh, we've decided he's going, going to start Sour Graps. That will be his sort of uh, whatever the hell he wants it to be review uh, <laughs> on his own. That will be on Fightful Select. Make sure you guys subscribe. Over on Fightful Select right now, we have two Jimmy Van Q&As. We have a Q&A from me. We've got one more coming this week. We've got Retro Review for SmackDown number 1 in 1999. We've got the Mock Draft. We've got a little bit of everything over there. Alex, how you doing? Uh, I'm 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 doing well uh, as well as can be after the end of that, and we'll we'll talk more about what all of that was. But uh, Hell in a Cell started out as a three match show, then it was a four match show, and then it was like, hey, all this stuff we could have done tomorrow night on Raw, we'll do it tonight anyway. So there was actually a lot of wrestling on the show tonight, more than I thought was going to be, and uh, some of it was very very good. Yeah. I am joined by Jeff Hawkins, who is also very, very good. You all can catch him on Shake Them Ropes. You can also see him die on Spike TV several years ago. Jeff, how you doing? Dear mother, these wrestling wars have taken a toll on our family, Lou, these many years. But I hope someday to come home to you in one piece. Uh, that was the most Vince McMahon show to ever Vince McMahon. Uh, you're right. You're right. I am in agreement. With that, uh, reminder, reminder, guys, uh, sorry to stutter there. If you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat. Watch If you're watching live on YouTube, any amount. The first one comes from, do I have your attention now, who sent this in all caps. I'm sorry for swearing, but WWE had one damn job and they blew it. Did you hear that crowd? Yes, they're trying to make Bray a badass, but him no selling all of that. Made it look fake. Nice fake blood. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We will get to it. We will certainly, certainly get to it. 
Uh, there is plenty to talk about here. Swole Ricky says, since when can Hell in a Cell matches end in DQ? I don't know. I don't know if it did end in DQ. I just know no. that the match ended. We will get to it. I will uh, address all your questions and statements there. But we do have some other things to address on this show. Notably, that before today, there were only four matches announced. Now, does it bother me? No, not really. But for other people, it might. Uh, Jeff, any concerns about this heading into the show? Yes. Um you should always announce your card so that ticket buyers may want to decide whether or not they want to go. Just being a brand, it's arrogant to think, oh, it's just, hey, it's WWE, it's Hell in a Cell. That will be enough. As if it's the Rumble or Mania where major things happen. Yeah, I I, I like having a card announced. Um, I don't think they have, I don't think they have enough corporate goodwill to do this, to be honest. We also have a super chat from Mr. Big Bad Bean, who says the show started off pretty hot for what seemed like a throwaway show. Uh, I agree. Uh, Alex, several of the matches that they added with no hype before today ended up being pretty good. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the thing, is that the matches, are, the matches are always good. These guys are consummate professionals and girls. Um, but, but that's not the point. The point is, is that you've spent so much of the past month prepping for your first ever SmackDown on Fox that you haven't been building any feuds for any of your secondary titles or tag titles or, or anything. So heading into tonight, the only four matches that made sense to be on pay-per-view were the ones that were announced before today. And the other ones that they, that they threw in later were all like, Hey, these are other things that might happen, <laughs> but it wasn't like there was no reason for them to happen. There was no like burning need to settle this in the ring at hell in a cell. There was no reason for any of those things to happen. The matches were fine and I'm glad they were there. But at the same time, you can spend time, you know, on your five hours of weekly programming, building these feuds that might lead to a pay-per-view match. Wait, hey. Alex, are you saying we didn't need another Lacey Evans, Natty, or Chad Gable, Baron Corbin match I'm to saying, soothe our souls? I'm saying they weren't necessarily necessary. I, I just want to say, <laughs> the OC is 0-6 against the Viking Raiders. Right? <laughs> Legitimately. Legitimately. They're just tr- they're, they're, listen, they got to come back. They're going to win the best of, uh, best of 13 series. Get your mic a little closer their time. Alex, by the way. Um, so... In one word, if you are a Hell in a Cell ticket holder, are you disappointed with how the show went overall, including the ending? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one word, of course one you word, are. One word. Yes, yes. Jeff. Yes. Well, you know what? You will not be disappointed when you use Blinkist.com slash Fightful because you can get a free trial for seven days. You can decide if you like it. Before you ever buy it. And hey, if you subscribe, you get 25% off when you go to Blinkist.com slash Fightful. I've told you guys about Blinkist.com slash Fightful in the past. It is a secret weapon for learning new things, getting ahead when you're low on time. Sometimes you don't have time to sit down and read and learn more. And when you don't have that free time, you can't really work on that personal development and learn new things. Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, is a great app. 
that solves that problem. I highly recommend it. It's unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. It takes the key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of books, nonfiction books, and condenses them down into about 15 minutes so you can read or listen to them. Blinkist is made for busy people like you. Those people who are watching 47 hours of wrestling a week, Blinkist has you covered, man. With its audio feature, makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, your lunch break, while you exercise, any number of ways. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive growing library from self-help, health, history books, business. Uh, One of my buddies uh, got out of the MMA coverage business and is now using his knowledge of history to uh, run a, a full-time history podcast and makes a good living off of it. You never know what, what learning can can develop into. And Blinkist is there to help you. Don't forget, use Blinkist.com slash Fightful and get your free seven days. You can check out How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Trust me, I've been influencing these two jobbers on my podcast for years. So that has been incredibly helpful. The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, which pretty much sums up uh, Jeff Hawkins' life, uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama, Start with Why by Simon Sinek, all kinds of personal development tools at Blinkist.com slash Fightful. Jeff Hawkins on that Brock Lesnar schedule. Alex Palowski's about to run across the screen and get f 5 by him <laughs> right now. I can feel it. I can. And, and to be fair, this is in the theme of the show because Alex was a late addition to this show. It wasn't yeah. announced until today. So we're keeping it up. We've, we've got Brock Lesnar here on the far right. And Kane Velasquez right there. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, man. Bob Harris says, how can they stop a no DQ? Oh, my bad. It's WWE. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they didn't announce it as a DQ is the thing. Well, the, the, the ref stopped the match. Yes. I mean... I guess. Ref stoppage, yes. Rex Look, Joseph they... Calmerin says Sasha, Bailey, and Bray were crying at the end. I don't know what that means. Uh, Aaron Jay's fan says Natty versus Lacey should have ended tonight. It should have ended weeks ago. Evangelina Cantu says, so is Becky Lynch not going to SmackDown? Doesn't look like it. No, that, that red championship there, Jeff. Yeah, I, I think I know how this women's division is going to be split up, um, and we'll get into that when we yeah. get into the matches. Rex Joseph Calmerin also says, WWE should just scrap Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I think they should. I think they should, or book it better. There we go. <laughs> to, Alex's, to Alex's point, look, the, the WWE makes movies, and what horror movie has just ended abruptly when the hero hits the villain with a sledgehammer <laughs> and then, you know, fade to credits? Yeah. We got a word from Fightful founder Jimmy Van, who says he might be okay with a Sour Graps review tonight. So, <laughs> that's, that's good. Can I join Alex? Yes. <laughs> Natalia defeated Lacey Evans. I think that Lacey's made some really great strides in the ring in recent months. Like, her technical wrestling isn't exactly smooth, but I've seen a lot worse. Uh, Lacey runs Natalia into the stairs, and she's, she dominates like 95% of this match. And then she misses the, the old marrow salt and gets sharpshootered. After the match, Natalia decks Lacey. So, last woman standing tomorrow. Jeff, all along, I've been like, man, Lacey could use a tag partner. And based on who they have right now, Natalia wouldn't be a bad bet considering that she's a veteran. But this, as they say, this feud must continue. 
the trajectory of Lacey Evans is so odd because her backstory is everything that WWE wants in a superstar. She can go out there and be the corporate face. She can tie into the military, single mom for the feminism bent. And I thought they were going to build her up into a strong heel in order to then turn her baby face. Nope. <laughs> mm. It's going to be hard to make her a strong heel after this feud, I think. I think people are just going to say she's all dumb southern gimmick and that's it, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah, I think this is a way to end the feud and put one of them on another show. Alex, what do you think about this one? Well, this is, again, this is one of those things where, as we've said, uh, these feuds that they like to put, somewhere in the middle of the second hour of Raw, and you're like, are they wrestling again? Um, then, you know, it just winds up being more and more and more and more of the same. Um, I, I, this is It was a cute for a while with, you know, Lacey Evans trying to steal the sharpshooter, make it her own. There was that one she did on Ember Moon where she fell over. So she's mastered it, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, this is another match. This is fine and everything, and it feels like they do... Natty seems like the kind of of women's wrestler right now on this company who is made to have feuds with young heels and eventually put them over. Teach them Mm -hmm. the ropes. Natty's an absolute consummate professional in the ring. She'll be able to work with them, make them better, and and when the time comes and they move on from it, they'll be better wrestlers for the next feud they're in. That's all well and good, but I don't have any interest in watching any more Lacey versus Natty matches. Especially a last woman standing match. Yeah, this seems a little, I mean, every feud's like 50-50, or it's either 50-50 or it's all the way uh, on the other side of things. And I'm more okay with all the way on the other side of things because at least somebody gets over. At least somebody does that. Now, this has been an improvement for Lacey Evans, so I'll give her that. Thermostat Mind says, I'm guessing they'll play this off like an MMA stoppage, meaning the main event. Ref attempting to prevent serious or further injury. Didn't realize Fiend was superhuman. Yeah, I think that's how they'll say it as well. Um, Eloquent says WWE might have unintentionally helped AEW. Hannah Moore said Rod Zapata uh, ruined uh, WrestleMania's main event and now this. Ouch. Poor Rod. Poor Rod. Maybe it was the terrible lighting that caused it. Maybe uh, he couldn't quite see things as well. Again, that That is the hot topic. We will get into that later. I promise you. Let's get into this Hell in a Cell match. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Jesus Christ, I love this match. These two women went and innovated and all that. And if, if you had any doubt about who WWE sees as the face of their company, they, they solidified it on Friday. It's Becky Lynch and it's Brock Lesnar. Like Those are the two people that they see as... as the flag bearers for their company. Becky Lynch was in there with The Rock, and now she's winning an outstanding match against Sasha Banks. Jeff, did this result surprise you at all? Yes. Um, I love this match, too. This is my match of the night. Uh, everything, to me, paled in comparison to this. Again, I am the, one of the biggest horsewomen fans on Earth. They're the thing that have kept me involved in WWE all these years since NXT, when Rob and I were just starting out Shake Them Ropes. Um, but I thought bringing back Sasha and even turning Bailey heel in this story, you have to establish the bad guys as competent threats. And while they'd had a great match here, Sasha had to win some, the title. 
I think. And Becky had to do a comeback story. I thought the two-woman power trip story with her and Bailey might have been interesting to do, but overall, you still had to have Sasha win this match to establish, yeah, she is the boss. She came out here, she beat, she beat on... Becky to get the Hell in the Cell match eventually, and she had to over and she had to beat her. I think to establish her as a star once again in the division. I am uncertain. I think Sasha and Baylor are both going to end up on Raw. I think you're kind of incorrect on Becky being the face of the company per se. I think she is right now, but I also think Charlotte going to SmackDown and being their champ says a lot there. Um, and I think she's a more bankable star than Becky in some ways, although the Becky character is over huge. But a I just – I thought I thought Sasha had to win the title at some point. A lot of people talking about like, oh, well, they're going to put this person on Fox, that person on Fox. USA still paid a whole lot of money for mm-hmm. Raw. Like people are no, you have to keep that. You have to keep it strong somehow, but it's obvious – I think that they're going to cater some of the bigger name taste to the new toy, to sure. the new to the new money, the new the new hot girl who's walked into the room. Look, yeah. your girlfriend's okay, and she's always going to be by your side. But have you seen who just walked in the door? That's Fox with a lot of big money and big network stuff to give us legitimacy. But um, yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of the Bray kind of stuff on on Raw from now on, and that's going to be the separating type of uh, schism. We see some really cool spots in this match, Alex. There's Becky taking a chair to, to Sasha, a Bexploder, some baseball slides. Uh, this match started outside the ring. Sasha gets beaten up with a chain when Becky gets a hold of it. So a few of these innovative spots that I like. And, I mean, we're talking like over 40 Hell in a Cell matches over two decades. Uh, there was the cage door into Lynch's shoulder when it was still chained. I like that. Uh, the Meteora into the ladder, into the cell. Amazing. Then there was this really great spot where a couple of kendo sticks were wedged into the cell, a chair was put on top, and Becky, whose kick in the corner I always complain about, she hits that kick off the apron, and it looked amazing. The best version of that kick that I've ever seen. Alex, they they stepped up and they did several things that we've never seen in a Hell in a Cell before. Yeah, um, I was watching this going like I'm. I mean, I've I've seen so many Hell in a Cell matches that that by itself, if you tell me it's a Hell in a Cell match, just it's a Hell in a Cell match, I no longer get automatically excited because I feel like I've seen everything. Like the New Day of the Usos, they innovated when they did it a couple of years ago, and I was like, wow, that's pretty great. Um, but most of them are basically the same thing. They're like, oh, the unforgiving steel of the cage. And that's mostly what what it is. It's mostly like, oh, can, oh, there might be some some jagged metal on that chain link. Better rub his forehead on it. And that's mostly what you get in a, in a uh, Hell in a Cell match tonight. No, uh, Becky and Sasha like change the game. Like if you're gonna sh- if you're gonna show, like, here's how you cre- you you create a Hell in a Cell match. You show that film to the PC uh, in in a class of the PC. That's this is what you're showing them. You're showing them like stuff like innovation things like when when what I think I love is that Sasha does the thing where she like puts the chair legs into uh into the, the chain link and it kinda like hangs there loosely but like sideways and it's hanging there for like fifteen minutes before the payoff of Sasha like reversing an Irish whip and throwing Becky headfirst into it. Like I love those kinds of things. And the and the, the spot with the kendo sticks propping up the chair 
Becky putting Sasha in the chair and then running off the apron, hit the dropkick into it. Like that, that kind of stuff. That's a twisted mind that comes up with that. And I loved it. There were some great meteors. There was one through a table too. the bank statement with the kendo stick. Sasha throws a bunch of chairs in the ring and uh, ends up eating a Bexploder. And then the disarmer gets the win. Becky still looks incredibly strong. This is her definitive win of her title reign so far. Yes. The biggest so far. Alex? I wanted to say one thing. That, 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 the, the spots that, that I thought were the most innovative and, and cruel-looking that I loved the most were when Becky took the chair, opened it, and then laid it like face down, kind of, like at an angle, so the cross beams were exposed, <laughs> and then hit a drop-toe hold and a bulldog with with Sasha's forehead directly into them, and she sold it great, like going right like onto her back with her knees still under her. Like, it was really brutal to look at and there was stuff like that just like at and that, that's not even that doesn't even have to include the cage they were doing brand new interesting spots in the in the actual ring with the chairs that i'd never seen before i loved it loved this match jeff i'm with you i thought this was match of the night by far yeah and uh not enough is said really of what each of the individual horsewomen bring becky's the best actress of the group by mm, far yes. um bailey's the best in-ring technician to me of the four, or at least the best able to carry a story. And I think she showed that a lot in her match with Charlotte. Charlotte's the best athlete, but Sasha's the star maker of this group and has been since NXT. Mm -hmm. She made all three of these women in big matches in NXT, and she continues to do it on the main roster as well. I mean, the the matches she's had with Charlotte on Raw, the the Falls Count Anywhere match that they had, and there's another one I can't remember, that were both title matches. You know, it's time to give her her due and actually let her defend a title for once, um, yeah. <laughs> which he yeah. never has on the main roster. But yeah, no, this match, this match put me in my happy place. And I thought, I hope they both walked to the back and said, follow that. Yeah. The, the thing is like the horsewomen became the horsewomen because they had great matches, not just because they were four girls right. who happened to be there. Mm-hmm. And if there's no Sasha, if you put somebody else in there, I don't think Nothing. we don't we don't have the four horsewomen because those matches aren't as good. There's a pretty common denominator in like so many of those great matches, and it's Sasha Banks and her creativity yes. and what she's able to do. And I know a lot of her fans and stands are livid about this. You shouldn't be. She got a, a shiny new contract, a lot of money, and she's going to be around for a while. And stuff like this really, really shows her worth. This was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I want to say, though, that, Jeff, I agree with you that I, I'm surprised Sasha didn't get the win here. I thought she needed one after after her comeback, uh, that it would have been really great. Even if you do the thing with her where she has a short title reign, it would be it would say a lot for Sasha Banks. that She was able to defeat Becky in in, in this kind of a match. Um, and, and then you could move Becky over to SmackDown, where it appeared on Friday, like, for all the world, like, they were trying to say, hey, this is the new face of this Friday night show when they when they had her in there with a rock. But, um, yeah. but, I, the, the, but I mean, Becky is, is on an absolute tear, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised that she won. Yep, that's me, says Sasha returns red hot as a top heel to lose clean, and she's still over. I mean, that's the thing. She's still over. It doesn't matter. She's still over. She's going to be fine. Uh, they're... They're playing off of a couple things, notably the Bailey and Sasha crying on the floor type of thing, like the hissy fit when they don't get their way thing. That's part of a character now. That's why Sasha brought it up in the promo a while back. 
Do I have your attention now, says Seth Rollins. We'll get the Roman Reigns treatment now. Every arena will start booing him bad. Uh, We'll get to it, but I thought they were kind of headed down that road anyway because he's got no edge. He's got nothing to make people interested in him besides the title over his shoulder. Matt Thomas says, what's Bray's contract status asking for a friend? He ain't leaving anytime (laughs) soon, buddy. They're paying him well. They're paying him really well. He has lots of tiny horses still to buy. Yes. Yes, he does. Uh, if you want contract updates, go to our resources section at FightfulWrestling.com. We update that daily as well as our injury report copied by a whole lot of sites. Roman Reigns defeated Harper and Rowan in a tornado tag match. This uh, stipulation was revealed today. And, man, um, I'm, I'm – Totally not used to tornado tag matches. I'm just used to tag matches happening and then the rules being abandoned somewhere uh, during the match, Jeff. But this this was a brawl. This was sort of a spot fest. What did you think of this? I thought it was a spot fest, but I thought it was a fun spot fest for the most part. I thought Rowan and Harper looked pretty darn great as a team in terms of all the little things they were doing, like communicating and things like that, the things you don't get in in, uh, in in tag team wrestling a lot anymore. But you know, it was it was fun. It was a bit spotty, but uh, you know, it, it didn't it, it it wasn't too clever in the spots, which tends to be a bit of a problem from time to time. And it was brutal, which is also fun. I mean, look, Roman got to do his spears and his Superman punches, and Daniel Bryan got to take a hellacious beating especially that power bomb off the top rope i'm like it's a dude who's been concussed and you're doing that okay cool but uh no i thought it was a, a fine fun little match early on it was a little bit rough reigns hit a samoan drop that looked more like a side slam brian hit a suicide dive harper hit a suicide dive reigns got sandwiched with the barricade which was nasty brian hurricane ronnie uh luke harper off a table and then Reigns uh, spears Rowan through another announce table. And then that big sit-down powerbomb from the second rope happened. Reigns would pin Harper with a spear. So after all this, the attempted murders, the evil twins, the forklifts, <laughs> it all came down to a hug from Brian and Reigns. Uh, Brian wouldn't shake Reigns' hand. He hugged him instead. I thought that was a good call back, Alex. But uh, the juice was not worth the squeeze on this one. Oh no, 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 no! This was uh, this was a very roundabout way to make a babyface tag team in uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns that will defeat uh, the revival at Crown Jewel or something. I don't know. Like it's uh, you know, or excuse me, Sands of Time. I never get to do that anymore. Um, yeah, this was uh, this was fine, but I mean, the whole thing with with Roman is he didn't. It didn't seem like he got the same kind of pop that he used to when he got in, introduced. He didn't come out, and it wasn't like this thing, hey, we love Roman, or it wasn't like, hey, we love him and we hate him. It was like, hey, Roman, you're here, because you were kind of the third most important guy in the story about you being attempted murdered on. Like, that was a weird thing for them to do. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff that didn't make a lot of sense with that, like a whole lot of stuff that didn't make any sense. But, I mean, it came down to this match, which was... I thought supposed to like establish Rowan and to a lesser extent Harper as feuds. Uh, so I say feuds uh, as heels. You really have to pay attention to, and and the guys were really dangerous, and they lost clean, and so great. I guess like the whole thing I thought was to establish Rowan as this force. Like that was the whole point of why he did it, 
and that was why you put the whole thing together eventually, I thought. But okay, great. I guess they're the Bludgeon Brothers now, but they lose. Let me offer a a counter-narrative, because what I was thinking was it was going to be... When they made a tornado match, I thought immediately, Dusty, Ole, and the Assassins. Bell rings... Daniel Bryan beats on Roman with the yeah. help of Luke and, and and then and then but we then we'd be complaining about that. We went through all that just to get back to Daniel Bryan being a heel. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you, you kind of have to balance with what they could have done with this. And Daniel Bryan, I guess now is babyface again, maybe reluctantly. I, I think it's good to leave it open, considering the nature of the draft. And here's the thing: I hope, hope. They have more of a plan for this than they did the superstar shakeup because you can tell <laughs> that was the it was completely hastily put together. It was an abomination. It, this year's transactional situations have been a complete abomination. It's been bad, real, real bad. Uh, some good spots though. Lonnie Barker with a big super chat. Thank you for uh, passing that along. Says, not saying it's a good idea, but can see uh, Vince switching Becky and Charlotte and switching belts. Vince is just crazy enough these days to pull that, especially since he had Becky and The Rock in his best segment on Friday. I mean, yeah, but that was that was more of a, hey, everybody who hasn't been watching wrestling for a while, this is what we got. Here's some of our people type of thing. Like, all those people aren't going to be on SmackDown. Like, you're not going to see Becky, Rollins, Reigns, Kofi, it's, like, all those people. No. It's still also only the two-hour show. Yes. Like, you can't put all of them on there. They're never going to fit. Yeah. Uh, Guys, reminder, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Big shout-out to Alex Anderson, one of our Hall of Fame tier-level subscribers. This show brought to you by him and his generous uh, tier donation over there. Randy Orton defeated Ali. Ali says that he needs momentum again and talks about the draft. I like that he brought it up and, and mentioned it, but... The thing is, Jeff, when they talk about draft stock, like, what? Like, why Why would <laughs> Ali give a shit about his draft stock? This is like cramming for a test. I got to get my draft stock up. It's been falling lately because I'm getting beat every week. It, it, all, Quick. It, Corey Graves says, hey, the higher you get drafted, the more money that you, like, you get paid a bonus of some sort. Okay, I understand why they'd want to improve their draft stock. But as of now, it's like, who gives a shit? How can they control it? There, there's nothing they can do. Like, you're going to get picked for one, or you're going to get picked for the other. Those are the options. It's not 30 teams all across the country. You're making the same towns eventually. Yeah. I don't know. We have some scouts from Pro Wrestling Gorilla in the house tonight, and they yes. may be drafting later today. Now, the thing is, like, I do like that they have mentioned that it's USA and Fox making these picks. I think that's yeah. good. That makes sense. Then we then that makes sense of the the Fox and USA uh, reps sort of uh, of making those picks on Friday, Monday. I dig that. Now I wonder, are there going to be USA personalities on Fox this Friday making their Todd picks? Chrisley, Todd Chrisley, come on, baby. <laughs> so I asked somebody. Oh God, I, I might have to save that one for off the air. I don't want to. I don't want to put them out there but i I joked about chrisley to them and they noted off other notable criminals that they may draft uh to their roster because i was like hey raw gonna land uh chrisley i mean you got to right you got to hold on to him and uh they they had quite the response on that 
Ali gets worked over hard, avoids a sing bomb. Uh, by the way, Randy Orton approached him backstage, says that he's the one who stopped Ali's momentum. I like this. It was quick. It was simple. It was a way to add a match that made sense. They have not wrestled since Orton took him off the shelf. Uh, Ali's ribs get bruised up. A couple of great spots where Ali suicide dives Orton, and Orton bumps over the table. Then Ali is like, hell, I'm going to jump over this table too. The crowd gets behind Orton. Ali rolls through a 540, avoids an RKO, plants Orton with a tornado DDT, missed another 450. So uh, there was a great counter to the RKO with Ali doing that handstand, then rolling right into another one. After the match, you see Randy Orton showing him a little bit of respect, even did that on Twitter as well. I'm told that was a concentrated effort. Alex, what'd you think about this? I thought that uh, Ali could have looked a whole lot worse than this. Oh, he could, definitely could have looked worse, but he, he also could have looked better. I mean, the, the whole point of this is that you have two ready-made feuds for Ali to, to be put over huge. And you said that somebody has told you that after that match he had with Elias in the King of the Ring tournament, he was everyone was praising him. They said, this guy is yes. amazing. Right. So then my question is, how do you... Show the praise to this guy. You put him in matches that either you don't put him on TV or you put him in a match with with Randy Orton that he loses after he counters the RKO in a manner I've never seen before. Like that was one of the best counters to an unstoppable move that I've ever seen. And they wasted it because the roll up wasn't successful. Like Randy Orton loses nothing. If right. that if that roll up by Ali after the counter RKO is successful, if Ali gets that win. Randy Orton's fine. There's nothing that happens for Randy Orton after that. That's he's, he's okay. But Ali then not getting that that roll up and then doing a mat a, a move he had already done earlier in the match that Randy would have perfectly scouted right into an RKO just makes him look stupid. And I mean, this is the thing: is that that the best I can hope for at this point is that Ali gets drafted to Raw. Because then all those outstanding dark matches he's having um, on, Smack on SmackDown actually will be on main event. And I'll be able to watch him every week. That's the best I can hope for as an Ali fan right now. I thought this was an outstanding match. I thought Horton it was. did good. It was a good I match. thought Ali yes. did great. Jeff, your thoughts? Ever since Evan Bourne, every aerial wrestler I watch, I go, how are they going to take the RKO? Hmm. <laughs> it's just become a rite of passage. I found the respect thing interesting, especially as he got up and kind of hit his chest. You know, you got heart kid in regards to sands of time, as Alex calls it, and the possibility that they're not going to do a straight baby face heel dynamic at in Saudi Arabia. And they may do a gulak drafting Tony Nice thing like they did on the captain's challenge thing where Nice was a baby face at the time getting drafted by the quote-unquote heel Randy. Because I was thinking about it, I go, oh, well, maybe Randy puts him on his team after the respect thing, and then I go, oh, wait, Randy's supposed to be the heel here. But on the other hand, I'm thinking they can't play real American in Saudi Arabia <laughs> <laughs> after the match. That's just, there's a lot of things they can't do. If Vincent's thing about having costumes for Halloween uh, and getting his <laughs> roster completely arrested because you can get arrested for having those types of displays. And so there's just so much that could go wrong here, uh, which is why I'm watching. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think, 
I think that I, I, if they're setting up for something, it's great. If it's just Randy giving the kid a bit of a rub in a vacuum, I just don't think it matters. Thermostat Mind says, Ali doesn't want to be Slater sitting in a room alone. Yep. Eloquent says, why do that cool RKO <laughs> counter just to lose again? Forgot about that with the draft. The one guy yes. just stood there. I hope they draft me. <laughs> he was so good. Heath Slater was amazing yeah, on SmackDown. He, he, he spun that shit into gold. Yeah. Eloquent really says, did. why do that cool RKO counter just to lose again? Because it's a cool spot. Who knows the next time you'll get to use it. They might be on different brands in a week well, that's and a the half. Thing. That's the thing. That's the thing with, with, with me, uh, Jeff. Why I think this is a one and done, they're moving on, is if you ever plan to have Ali pick up a win over Randy Orton, that's the spot you use to get that victory. Yeah, because then like, Orton doesn't like, – Orton might not have a chance to get it back, yeah. Right, exactly. As they say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Xanthius mm-hmm. says – the close-up shot of Jeff makes me feel like he's staring into my soul. Also, Sean, I've heard you are tall. Any truth to this rumor? I'm very tall, in fact. I am extremely tall. That is true. Uh, X-Pac in the watch-along says, How the hell do you get a DQ in a Hell in a Cell match? On a funny note. <laughs> <laughs> you want a boat when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, uh, and Alex, is is Alex the tall one? No, Alex isn't the tall one. Also, no. uh, shout out to Denise Salcedo, who was on the Watch Along. She'll be on our Raw Post show this week, as she is every week. Incredibly proud of her. Uh, I was telling these guys off the air, probably going to be looking for a new Raw co-host soon, because WWE's dumb if they don't hire Denise. She is incredible. Uh, best of, uh, she, she did great on the Watch Along. Kabuki Warriors did great tonight, and this was, I thought, a really good match. The Kabuki Warriors, first off, need a new goddamn theme. Uh, Jeff, this is garbage. Just come down to Asuka's theme because it means doom. That's all you have to do. Like, it's so lazy. If it weren't so lazy, I might like it or might not hate it. For the love of God, man, it's just... I don't like the Corbin thing either, where it goes back and forth and back and yeah. forth. It's so no. stupid. It's really lazy. Uh, there's fire there's, desire is bad too. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of great like uh, YouTube channels. I don't want to say their names because I don't want them to get like copyright strikes or something. Where they do like um, amazing mashups between yeah. like two themes. There's one that's Rusev and Samoa Joe. It's so good. I need a tag team of those two guys just so they can come down to that entrance theme. I liked backstage when Nikki and Alexa are complaining about having to wrestle this match and Booker T is talking about all of Asuka's singles accomplishments and and that's how she earned it. And then Nikki says, yeah, but Alexa's the five-time, five-time champion. I love that. I thought that was great because Booker T was like, no, no. Booker T sells that stuff so well. Uh, this match started off a little rough. Asuka tried to pin Nikki in the ropes, but it got good. They chopped the shit out of each other. 
they were just beating the brakes off of each other. Asuka applied an ankle lock, turned it into a half crab. Jeff, I howled when Kyrie marched across the ring and then poked Nikki Cross in the eyeballs. I loved Kyrie saying, yelling at the ref, watch! (laughs) (laughs) I howled at that. I love heel Kabuki Warriors, if they are heel, uh, which (laughs) I think they they are. are They're great. I need, they need a new manager. If yeah. Paige isn't back there, they need someone to do some talking for them, and they'll be fine like this. But, yeah, I thought this was also – I mean, Nikki was great, and the Kabuki Warriors are always great. Give some love to Alexa Bliss. I thought she looked very good in this she match as well. Standing, I thought she was yep. great. Like, And, I mean, the thing is, maybe she feels a little more comfortable working stiffer considering the nature of the competition. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to stiff these two girls? I think they're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um Alex, the feet up on the insane elbow, JFC man. Yeah, that that was a spot that I thought was maybe ill conceived. There's I a lot it. of ways that can go bad, but it was breaking so arm like cool, that. man. It was so. I mean, it was great, but it's one of those things where like that's that's gonna hurt. You're gonna both people are gonna feel that one tomorrow. Um, yeah, uh, this this was this was really great. Um, I I loved the little bit of extra oomph a little bit of extra you know, swagger that that the kabuki warriors were displaying tonight like it was one of those things where this match was not like they even did this whole thing in uh in like you said in the on the pre-show where they were Nick, nikki and alexa were like trying to figure out why this match was even happening and nikki was like well they did beat fire and desire a couple of weeks ago when we beat fire and desire at the last pay-per-view so i guess that's why and alexa was like no, 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 no. they're unbeaten as a tag team on smackdown so i mean you could at least spin that i don't think sure. they've lost a 2-1-2 match yet but, but my my point was that with zero build up this was a match that i certainly would never say no to cuz i do love all four women in this in this match and the result was a, such a huge, fantastic surprise, particularly exactly how it ended, that I literally leapt up from my couch and thrust my arms into the air. Because I was so surprised and happy to see something brand new and unexpected. I think this is a safe, safe winner, too, because, I mean, you could, you could do a lot of things with Asuka and Kyrie saying, like, like, hey, you can have him show up on Wednesdays if you don't know what to do with this title right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what to do with that tag team division. Uh, yeah, have them show up on Wednesdays. You got Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo chilling out in the crowd. You got the horsewomen trying to emerge. You've got some teams about you there. Uh, Crush the hires for a squash match if you need to. There you go. There you go. I like this. Uh, Oscar wins with the green mist and a head <laughs> kick. Uh, Eloquent says, green mist was such a great touch. Eloquent says, how did the ref not notice the green mist? What do you think about mist being back in wrestling, Jeff? March 31st, 2016, Jeff Hawkins tweets, Asuka really needs to use the green mist. <laughs> I, I jumped out of my seat and I went, yes, give me my Kabuki Muda stuff. And the way you disguise it is you put your hair down so they can't see any of the mist while you're pinning the person. And then you roll out of the ring and you get out of there. That's yeah. Gordon Bombay <laughs> says, videos of Seth getting pelted. When's the last time fans threw stuff at wrestlers? Oh, man. Uh, that's a good question, but boy, are we going to spend some time on, on that match. But, yeah, that that's an interesting one. Uh, Tamina defeated Carmella to become 24-7 champion, her first title. Also the first time this title has changed hands 
on a pay-per-view. Tamina pushes Funaki into R-Truth. Carmella kicks her, and Truth wins the title. This was a shitty couple of segments. Let's talk about the racial uncomfortableness of the Funaki R Truth interactions for twenty years. <laughs> <He just comes, laughs> but yes, but but R Truth is not. It's <laughs> more my point. Uh, Tamina being back, kind of a surprise, but this is the role I would I would most want to see her in. This this was dumb. The the thing that that made the least sense to me was Carmella got pinned by Tamina. And was like, our truth what were you doing? You cost me that thing. And then, later, Carmella super kicks Tamina and has our truth pin her so our truth can be champion. Okay. Why would Carmella not take that pin right there? She deserves it. She kicked Tamina. She's a former champion, too. She wants to be champion. It's a weird deal to, like, not even try to have the pin. Well, you know what? Maybe you she doesn't want my... the paranoia. Yeah, you should tune into my <laughs> interview with them very soon. Uh, Hannah Moore says Heath got he's got kids chance at the SmackDown premiere. Uh, Rob Wilkins says my Photoshop work is better than that ending tonight. That it uh, is. Uh, 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 we had the Viking Raiders and a mystery opponent who was Braun Strowman defeating the OC via DQ. Uh, I knew this match would probably be pretty good, but it didn't make sense. The Viking Raiders were five and zero against the OC. Uh, Eric does some great selling of AJ's kick on the apron, like he just fell down and played dead. Uh, AJ looked really strong. So did Braun. Eric plowed through Styles with a sliding knee. And fortunately, AJ is all good to hit Ivar with the phenomenal forearm. But the whole OC attacks Braun for the DQ. They are now 0-6 against the Viking Raiders. They do not need to wrestle them again. There's no reason. (laughs) Viking Raiders hit a double suicide dive on the OC. But the real story of this is Braun clocking Styles in midair. Which begs the question... Why didn't they win the match? Why yeah. did... Styles stumbles around selling the punch hardcore all the way up the ramp. Like, he made that yeah. punch look like a million bucks. Yeah. Or, or you could argue, made it look like 10 cents because it was so goofy. Uh, what yeah. side of the fence are you on, Alex? Um, uh, I'm, I'm straddling the fence. Uh, because one thing is, I loved all of AJ's... Uh, selling of it, uh, the hijinks. It, like, it's, I wonder if he's settling into all the memes that are going around from the SmackDown uh, blue carpet with the aviators and the, and the, and the hair and the wind. It was like he looked like he looks like a country singer. Yeah. He feels like it, like it. I wonder if he's settling into like people are kind of like make fun of me a little bit. So maybe I'm going to not take myself so seriously because I really thought it was all, it was all really well done. It's very good comedic pratfall type stuff. The throwing up the, the, the title and, and getting caught by the momentum and stumbling backwards, all great classic comedy stuff. However, if what they're trying to do with this particular angle is say that Braun Strowman's punches are so hard that Tyson Fury better watch out, I think they're not quite selling that the right way. Yes. I think it's better if AJ is like out cold and you and you cut to commercial or whatever, you go away from it and you don't need to have the whole like comedy of it. You can have him be like out and like, you know, they had to bring smelling salts or something in there. That would sell it more as like a legitimate punch as opposed yes, to, yes, yes. I can't stand up. Jeff, uh, anything on this match? Not since I saw Jack Evans do an homage to drunken master. Have I seen a guy on rubbery legs 
do, pull off a performance like AJ Styles. I, I actually loved his performance in it. And, you know, the getting over the punch thing, well, that's kind of his gig. 10% of me that loves unrepentant stupidity wanted to see Braun come out dressed as a Viking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> King Corbin comes out and names Chad Shorty Gable. There's your Shorty G reference. That is officially his name now. I did not like this match. I thought it went on way too long. I think their matches have gotten progressively less interesting. We get the dreaded half-Nelson crossface from Corbin that slows his matches to a crawl. He does get a spinebuster and a powerbomb, but you went from the crowd being super hot in their final match to getting pretty hot in their follow-up to just not caring here. Gable fights back with his rolling kicks and eventually uh, pins Corbin. Greg Hamilton calls him Shorty Gable, and Cole goes off, which I thought was pretty funny. That was the most entertaining part of this match. I'm ready to not see them wrestle anymore. I don't need it anymore. But, Jeff, how'd you feel? I think I can speak for most people when I say, Boo! <laughs> um, yeah, at least that stupid STD chant that The Rock tried to get started uh, isn't going to carry, it looks like. I'm very happy about that. But, yes, this is the uh, very definition of things we don't need to see to get over something we don't want. Alex? Um. This yeah this is uh yeah this is this is all a perfectly cromulent wrestling. Uh, however, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to see it anymore. Like it's yeah. just it's a, it's the same thing. But the problem is the problem with this is that they're they're doing the shorty thing like way too much. And then of course another problem is as we all say we don't need to see this anymore. They do a backstage segment where they're interviewing Gable. After the match, he's like, I'm the bigger man than Corbin. And as he's walking away, Corbin attacks him, which means we're going to get another match probably tomorrow night and definitely at Sands of Time. For It'll be sure. a lot of fun. SmackDown Women's Championship. Charlotte defeated Bailey to become a 10-time champion. Bailey worked over the leg of Charlotte. I just saw Jeff's facial reaction. Oh, God. Uh... I like that we haven't necessarily seen a big change in Charlotte's persona through all this. I think it's good to hold off on that until the draft and you see where the chips fall. Charlotte gets natural selection, but Bailey grabs the rope and Bailey also gets a boot up on the moonsault. We had some big dueling chants here. Bailey gets caught using the ropes for the pin and the figure eight is applied and Bailey taps out. She is livid. She's crying on the floor. I think these are all concentrated and thought-out efforts. Uh, Charlotte now has her 10th championship title reign. Here's the thing. Do we start counting the NXT reigns now that they're on USA? Whatever it takes to match, Flair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's that's, that's all that I'm here, Dad. Yeah, sure. Why yeah, not? I mean, sure. They're going to get her to 16. Alex, your thoughts on this uh, in, in a somewhat abbreviated manner? No, yeah, uh, this is all well and good. The match was fine, and everything. Uh, the one thing I, I, I think it's, it's, it's never good to me to have somebody say, "What? No, no, I can't lose." What? But how? Why did that happen? If you tapped out, like if you tap out, like no, you had control over whether or not you lost the match because you decided that the pain was too great, and so you tapped out. If she had lost to a pinfall or even a roll up or like Charlotte getting her back with something underhanded the way Bailey did last month which would have been the perfect storytelling of it, 
then you could have Bailey say, what? No, why? Why? The, the reason why, Bailey, is because you tapped out. That's why. Charlotte baby-facing as the dirtiest player in the game, I think, would work very, very well. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't. I, I think that's part of the problem with this feud is that the story is, well, you know, I'm going to cheat and take shortcuts, but I'm honest about it. You're <laughs> lying about being a bad person, and so you're a terrible bad guy. It's such a stupid because nobody knows who to cheer for, and I think that's part of the problem here because Bailey's still coming out doing the baby face, you know, oh, yeah, the but... waveable fl- men. If if the story is she doesn't know how to be a effective cheater, and then that leads to her either doubling down or changing her ways, that's fine. This middle road, though. I'll stick with the story for a few more weeks, but it's confusing everybody because the the entire premise of this is, hey, I'm honest about being a bad person. You're being dishonest about being a good person. Therefore, you're really the bad person here. And I, I, I don't like those feuds. This match, though, I really enjoyed a lot. I thought they gave it time. They gave it time to breathe. They let... yeah. Bailey work over Charlotte for a while, which was amazing in many ways because you never see that. And Charlotte's such a dominating presence in the ring that she almost never gets worked over except by a very select few people. But, you know, I think it's looking also like the SmackDown women's division is probably going to be Charlotte and Alexa Bliss and maybe Nia Jax and all the people that you'd expect Vince McMahon to like. Uh, Based on what I hear, that was not Seth Rollins getting hit with trash, by the way. But we all got hit with trash in the WWE Universal Championship match. (laughs) Who boy, hell in a cell. And the question all along was, did WWE paint themselves into a corner? And I'm going to have more on this as I confirm it. But it shouldn't be a surprise how this one all went down. But... We get the illegal massage parlor lighting here for The Fiend and Seth Rollins. The Fiend no-sells kendo stick shots, but he hits a urinagi. Sister Abigail into the cell. Hit another one for a two count. Did the Seagal snap, but no pin. There were some of the most goddamn ignorant in-ring wrestling I've ever seen in my fucking life. And it drives me nuts because, hey, you know what? I ain't exactly Luthez here, but one of the things I was taught when I was wrestling was why. Why do you do things? Why don't you? Why? So you can put somebody's shoulders on the mat, cover them, and get a three count. How many fucking times in this match were somebody's shoulders on the mat, despite the fact that they kicked out at one, or maybe they weren't pinned, but nobody cared to cover the other guy? So dumb. That's the point of the match, is to pin a person or submit them. So Bray borrowed himself a bludgeoner from uh, Rowan and Harper, who probably really need that thing these days. And then just, it's all Rollins. And I mean like, frog splashes through the table. Uh, Dio Madden said that the Fiend almost got impaled. I don't know how the hell that works with that fucking thing. Mm-mm. Pardon my language, really do. A stomp onto the mallet, and then two flying knees and two super kicks, three curb stomps, a pedigree. He stomped again. He kicks it out at one twice here. Then there's like five or six more curb stomps. Holy shit, man. 
How's it going to kick out? I don't know. I lost track of how many times they kicked out. Reminder, send a super chat if you want your statement or question read on the air. Because I get the feeling you all got plenty of them. Fiend laying flat on his back. No pen attempt there. So Rollins goes out. Grounded chair shot. Fiend kicks out at one. Oh my god. A ladder onto that chair. And he kicks out. At this point, I'm seeing Fonzie jump over the goddamn shark. And oh my god. It's so overkill. Rollins repeatedly smashes a toolbox onto a ladder. And a chair on a brace face. Then he grabs a sledgehammer. Smashes it into the pile. And the ref's like, no, that's it. We're done. We're done. We're done here. You know what? I know that Shane jumped off a goddamn stadium once. And that Mick Foley was thrown off. And that they drove a truck out and Rikishi fell into it. And Shawn Michaels almost needed a goddamn blood transfusion at one point. But this is too much. This is so goddamn stupid. This made Bray Wyatt look dumb because he sits up after all the help comes to him and he applies the mandible claw. And what does he do when he applies the mandible claw, Jeff, Alex? He holds his opponent down for more than three fucking seconds! Now, hey, you know what? I scream this at the risk of people saying, Oh, Mark, he he thinks it's real. He fucking thinks it's real. God, it made him look so fucking dumb. And I get it. The horror movie Final Boss isn't always the smartest. Michael Myers isn't always the smartest. Jason Voorhees isn't always the smartest. But goddamn, why was the match booked if it were going to this? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Alex, I'm giving you first crack at this one. Well, I guess I had first crack at this one. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the deal. When you have a character like the Fiend, the 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 danger with him putting him in a in a match where he has to either win the title or lose his first championship shot at this point in the build of that character is really dangerous. Because I mean, if he wins the championship, then he's gotta lose it at some point. And you've built this character up that he's this otherworldly like force of evil how could you possibly beat him so he can't lose right but also he can't win right so what do you do you do this bullshit which is why the match shouldn't have happened in the first place it was way too early we've only seen the fiend wrestle once that pseudo squash that sent finn back to full sail that's it and the next point time we actually see him come down to the ring for a match by the way commentary team you gotta lay out there you can't be like jerry lawler going oh my god he's so spooky i don't know what to do as he's walking down with the head lantern oh my god he'd give freddy krueger nightmares like stop shut up what broadcasting school did you go to you ruined the whole mystique of the whole guy but fine because here's the thing you also made him so spooky and weird that he never appears without a strobe light but he can't wrestle in a strobe light so what do you do you do the red light district lighting like, I mean, the whole time, I thought it was like, holy crap, their light board got screwed up and they can't go to the next queue. No, no, no. They wrestled the whole match in it because they decided that you can't have the Fiend wrestle in regular match lighting because then it would ruin his mystique. Well, then you've built the character all wrong, haven't you? 
you figured out like you get you didn't do anything right with him to the point where if you think that if he wrestles with regular lighting the whole thing crumbles then you fall you completely screwed it you completely screwed it up then you have this whole thing where he takes all these chair shots and all this stuff he does all this damage he takes 75 stomps but by the way that's the this is what the lead up was braun takes three stomps and a pedigree to, to put him away so the, that's a callback. So Rollins has to do even more. Why is Rollins want to kill this man? What? What? what like has, the, has Bray like shown up at his house and threatened to murder his family? No, he's just a guy. He's just a guy wearing a mask. That's what, that's what we're, we're told by a bunch of people. No, no, no. We have to murder him. And so he kicks out at one. And he kicks out at one. He kicks out at one. How are you ever going to legitimately beat this guy ever if you have this on file and people have watched it? He's unkillable. So now what? Now you booked yourself into another corner because now if we have the next time he has a match, how like if you're gonna like oh let's have him face the Undertaker at, at Sands of Time and then what? What's Taker gonna do to him? Is it, like Taker gonna do old school? And that's really gonna put him down for the count? What the <laughs> hell have you done? This is completely screwed. You had you had a character and a storyline that was perfect. It was handed to you on a silver platter and you fucked it. Why did you do that? Don't do that. You, you do that to yourselves. Let's get to some super chats real quick. Uh, Fiend became Red Sinkara. Somebody says, Eloquent says, I never thought I'd see the OG Sinkara lights. Ross Gould says, Just turn the lights out and have Bray disappear under the ring. Ending solved. I mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe. after the beatdown. Him sitting right up and attacking made him look dumb. Like he wasn't smart enough to do that one minute earlier. Hannah Moore says, I called them being backed into cor- a corner, and, well, they sure as hell did. Seemed like it, it seemed like, and when I say seemed like, I'm not reporting this, but it seemed like the arena let the cat out of the bag a little bit early, and they're like, well, shit, we got to do it now. Let's just do it. I, I know whose idea it was, and I'm going to follow up on it, but my God. Mr. Big Bad Bean follows up on Alex's point. Jeff, did they make the fiend too strong tonight? You are all static. You are all static. You got to fix your your mic. Um, Drew Nichols says all WWE main roster shows on premiere week were trash. Great premiere, huh? Love you guys. Yeah, that was a wild one. That was uh, uh, something else. Test, we, test, test. Yeah, we got you back. Sound great. Okay. This was a confluence of three different things that are an issue with the WWE. First, their love of spectacle. They love the big supernatural, larger than life. We make movies, and especially with Bray Wyatt, where we've had exploding monitors and singing children and all these other things we try and do to make him seem spooky all the time. And it's just, it's, it's too clever by half all the time. Add that to the fact that they make really crappy babyface champions. Bad. They do. These guys, and the only way they ever get an edge about them is by doing heelish things. They sound petulant at times. Their alpha maleness gets the better of them because it appears they don't have friends when they're getting their butts kicked. I mean, they just make them look like geeks. And then the third thing. Hell in a Cell brings with it an expectation that you're going to see a violent fight within a ring that comes to a finish in addition to some otherworldly spots 
or some violent spots. And that's why people buy tickets to the show. And it wasn't just that they ended it with the sledgehammer, which is just ridiculous because that's, they need to somehow retcon that away from existence because Triple H always bringing a sledgehammer into the ring has given this expectation that you can use the sledgehammer in dumb ways, but never in the way that you're supposed to use a sledgehammer on a person, which is with the metal part coming crashing down and crushing a man's head. And so you get a bunch of plunder, but you don't get a lot of great spots. Most people probably couldn't see half the violence because of the lighting. If, if my live arena experiences with their lighting is any indication... You probably couldn't see it. You probably tried to have to watch the monitor or the Titan Tron up there to see it. Clearly, you didn't get a lot of violence. You didn't get a lot of cool spots. You got a lot of plunder and a lot of Bray kicking out. And then you got the referee calling for a bell when people wanted the violence. They wanted to see him hit a guy with a sledgehammer to see if he would kick out. And then they probably would have crapped if he had kicked out at two. But the fans you're making wanted a to give this character. The fans wanted to give this chances several chances yeah, they, they, they tried they really did and you and the if they're not rushing for a refund going we wanted a hell in a cell match them chanting aew to end the show mm-hmm. that's a i mean that, this raw show might be in trouble if they're going to be doing all this stuff with it i i think i think nxt has enough goodwill but god if aew people are watching this and not saying we need a viable alternative, and I don't have my hopes that they have all those instincts correct, given the weird John Moxley, Kenny Omega moment camera shot that's straight out of WWE, because these guys, some of them were raised on WWE in cinematic moments. Cody, Cody's my guy. Cody's the guy with the instincts I trust the most. Yeah. But AEW, their vice presidents have to be watching this and going, Oh man, we have such an opportunity this it's, week to earn so much goodwill. And I'm with you on the uh, building baby faces poorly spot. Uh, it happens all the time, and occasionally it happens. Like, hey, Kofi Kingston was a great baby face champion. Loved him. Thought he was great. Daniel Bryan back in the day, really great. Impact books great baby faces all the time. It's not hard when you go to an Impact show. Often, I, like, I don't. Okay, so sometimes you'll hear the crowd chanting for like. OVE, but like Tessa Blanchard in there against Sammy Callahan, they ain't exactly booing Tessa Blanchard there. They, they, it's not hard to build good baby faces. And these can guys I push back? Do, huh? I want to push back on your statement that Kofi was a good baby face champion mm-hmm. because he wasn't. He was New Day Kofi with a belt. He wasn't that's a, a good champion. baby face. Okay, that's a good. Throwing, that's, that's had him over as a baby face for the last four or five years. They well, got he's crowds been over, to but, chant his name. It got people to buy his merchandise. It got I, to the point to where people almost willed this push into existence for WrestleMania. Yeah, they that, that, but I mean, the matches never came off as bigger than life, and his moveset didn't change to be a adequate, dominant champion. So you never bought him as a champion. You just he, bought him as he, Kofi in the New Day. They, the they really protected the Trouble in Paradise during his, during his yeah, he, championship yeah. run. Really Nobody kicked that. out of that. 
Yeah, and and his the 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 feud with Randy Orton really built to a head where he was able to like get revenge on that whole thing. The problem that you have with the with the Kofi thing is the way it ended. Sure. Also, well, with, with that this... and throwing pancakes. I mean, that <laughs> Daniel Cormier dances with fried chicken and ice cream all the time. I don't have a problem with it. Okay, but uh, uh, Corey Cropper, uh, Nikita Krylov fan says. It felt like they tried to make a 1994 Undertaker storyline work in 2019 yes. with that entire main event. I agree. Bring me the Kane playbook is what I wrote on Twitter. Yeah. Drew Nichols says WWE booked this like Seth was a mega face going into this. Not many cheered, and by the end, no one was. How can they be so incompetent? They are, and Seth has no redeeming qualities. Like, oh. I, would ju- I would much rather him come out tomorrow night and say, everybody that booed, you can kiss my ass. I don't give a shit. You weren't in there with him. I was. I did what I had to do to get out of there. Kiss my ass. Go to hell. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I, – I, I leave a lot of leash for my pro wrestling. I'm very open to suspending my disbelief. As I've mentioned, guys, like I look at a rear chin lock and I'm thinking, all right, that ain't working in a real fight. I've never seen it work in a real fight. I watched grappling, MMA, jiu-jitsu, catch wrestling. That ain't ever working the way that they do it in pro wrestling. So you got to draw the line somewhere and you got to start somewhere, but I give it a lot of leash. The minimum I want is my wrestling show to make sense. That's it. I just want it to make sense. And for all the people that are going to come and say, well, The Fiend doesn't care about the championship. Well, then why did he sign for the fucking match? Why is he here? There's ways of of building the fiend. The fiend just wants to terrorize his victims. He doesn't care about being the champion, but he does care about making all the champions fear him. You could do that, but you haven't. You haven't done any of that yet. You haven't made that the character, so it doesn't make any sense. If they had established a reason on these Firefly Funhouse vignettes, which became increasingly non canon and really just didn't mean anything if they had established a reason why he hated seth rollins and wanted to take him down other than being the champ mm-hmm. you know just anything in his mind you know oh the, these people love you so much and i hate them you know mm-hmm. anything give him a reason to want to do this match other than i like pain which I, I, is a reason i, in I think they, they, they've slightly touched this but i feel like they could really lean into it that bray wyatt the mr rogers character is one thing. And the fiend yeah. is a side of him that he cannot control. And so like you can do this thing where like the Bray is like, no, Seth, listen, I like you. But the fiend, he just wants to hurt you. And I, I, I can't stop him. I want to, but I can't. You could do all that stuff. You, you haven't. You haven't actually, you're trying to play like 35% of everything as opposed to actually picking an angle and running with it. And it's not working. I, it's I'd not be okay working. if, the Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt got beat. I'm okay with that. Yes, sure. I'm okay with that. And then the fiend is the indestructible animal. My God. Uh, we have like a record number of live viewers for this shit storm. Uh, I want to thank you guys. I promise our reviews are our objective, even though we're trashing this show. Uh, but goddamn, uh, we got shows Monday after Raw, Wednesday after NXT and AEW, Friday after SmackDown, and after every pay-per-view. We have post-UFC shows, also the Wednesday List and Ya Boy podcast, FightfulSelect.com. I'm going to have a lot of backstage news on this finish. I'm getting a lot of messages about how this all went down. 
Make sure you guys subscribe. That is the most direct way to support us. FightfulSelect.com. That's our subscription service. But, hey, if you don't got the money to pony up the dough, that's all right. That's all right. FightfulWrestling.com is where to go. Share our stories on social media. It helps a lot. And subscribe to this channel as well. Jeff, tell the people where they can follow you on social media. You can follow me at CrapGame13 on Twitter. You can follow my other show at Shake Them Ropes. Part of the Voices of Wrestling Network, we drop every weekend now so that we have an entire week to watch all this wrestling content. We're mostly WWE-centric, myself and Chris Novembrino, and I would still like to do guest spots on here if I'm not getting trashed too hard in the chat. Hey, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, Gordon Bombay says, only one way to make this up, mandible claw to Vince tomorrow. Again, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I'm going to have quite a bit on this. Uh, Brian Hall says, they actually maybe missed the projector worms. Oh, God, man. Projector Worms was an all-time low. This was different, but, man, this was not, not good. It was in the neighborhood. It was down the street, another house. Yep. Alex, you all can see him on the post-AEW show. I have some people saying, why isn't Alex on Raw and SmackDown? Because he's got his own goddamn segment now, guys. Yep. Subscribe to to FightfulSelect.com and tune in on Wednesdays. It's quite a team we have. Alex, I'll let the people know where they can follow you. You can follow me at Palowski the fourth on Twitter. That's a numeral four. Uh, yeah, I am on the post Wednesday night wars show with with uh, Sean and Warren Hayes. And starting this week, I'll be uh, doing uh, the sour graps following the the draft. So I'll get to say, "What the hell? Why is this guy going over the? That ruins everything!" And you'll, yes. you'll love it. I want. I want, I want to thank our mods that helped out tonight in the chat because uh, we had just a ton of people. Thank you all so much. We appreciate all of you. Um, yeah. The, the, thing that I, the, thing, <laughs> the thing I want to leave you all with is <laughs> treat your customers like customers and not like fucking marks. Yeah. We're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.